You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Diagnosed with diabetes? For Canada's seniors, learning how to manage their diabetes at home is key to making each and every day the best it can be. Today, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio takes on diabetes self-management with trusted contributors from Abbott Diabetes Care. Well, welcome back. Today, we begin a four-part series on a disease that has reached epidemic proportions and is still on the rise. I'm talking about diabetes. One in three Canadians is now living with diabetes or pre-diabetes. That's about 11 million of us, and 3 million have the full-blown disease. This year's cost to Canada's health system is expected to be more than $27 billion, and that's expected to top $39 billion within a decade. And many people don't realize how serious this disease disease is. It's responsible for millions of deaths around the world, directly and indirectly. Here in Canada, people with diabetes account for 30% of strokes, 40% of heart attacks, 50% of kidney failure requiring requiring dialysis, and 70% of amputations each year. The life expectancy of a person with diabetes is shortened by an average of 13 years. So we are going to focus on how to live with this chronic disease, which can have such a huge impact on our health, how to manage it, how to handle it as part of everyday life. So what if you or a loved one have just been diagnosed with diabetes? That will be the reality for about 200,000 Canadians this year. The bottom line is that it's on you because diabetes is predominantly a self-managed disease with more than 95% of the care done by you, the patient. And I would like to direct you to a website where you can get some very helpful tips about managing your diabetes and what to do. Uh, The numbers are staggering. It's 3 million people, Canadians with full-blown diabetes. And, you know, when when someone in the family has a disease, it's really, it's not just the person, it's the family. So um, go to the Zoomer Radio website, the Fight Back page, and then look for carp.ca slash diabetes. I will mention that again in case you need a pen, but it's the fight back page on the zoomeradio.ca website and carp.ca slash diabetes. So I'm opening up the phone lines because I have some people here who can answer your questions, give you great advice. The numbers 416 360 toll free 1-866-744-740. And now I welcome Gail McNeil is a clinical nurse specialist and the manager of the Leadership Sinai Center for Diabetes at Mount Sinai Hospital. And Charlene Lavergne has lived with diabetes for more than 40 years. She's 63. She uses insulin as well as other medications to manage aspects of the disease. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, Charlene, let's let's start let's with it. you. Go for it. Um, well, it's been 44 years. Um, when I first started, we peed on a stick. Now we have all this wonderful technology. It's a self-managing disease, which frankly, I think is wonderful because you're responsible for 
your own care. But then you have the Sherpa guides, <laughs> like this wonderful lady here, Gail, who come and help you to, but they're guides. They're not going to tell you what to do or how to do it. They're just going to help you. So I always say the same thing. I get up every morning. I take over 200 units of insulin per day. I do five needles. So I try not to test strip if I can, if I can do the scanning with the freestyle Libra, I do. But it's a very expensive disease, very okay. expensive. Let's, um, let's start at the beginning because I, I think yeah. that uh, you're talking about things that maybe people aren't really familiar with. So, Gail, let's start with you. Uh, somebody has just been diagnosed with diabetes. It's, I'm assuming, pretty overwhelming. What, <clears throat> what are the first things that they have to think about, talk about, um, change in their lives? It is a dramatic change in their life. And we promote, um, there's four factors we talk about when we manage diabetes. It's the, we call it the FAME method. It's the food, the activity, the medications, and the education. But so many people are going to say they have to look at diabetes and understand what it is. We've had problems in the past where people don't think it's serious. They've either had experiences with it, oh, so-and-so lived forever, so we don't have to worry about this. And then we have the opposite reactions. Oh, well, there's nothing you can do about it. So the education about diabetes is essentially important, and you really need to get hooked up with an education team to start with. Because it's like a sense of loss. People will talk about, you know, they're healthy one day, and the next day you're telling me I'm not. And so it's difficult, and it's, as Charlene's saying, it is so much self-management, but you're not alone. This is the People think that self-management means, oh, I'm alone doing this. No, you're not. We're here to support you and help you. But as Charlene said, it is 95, or as you've said, Libby, 95% of the time you are dealing with this. Okay, but I, what I'm trying to get a sense of is what do you have to manage? Is it suddenly you have to change your diet or you have to... Mon just take me through. I, I, so initially what we're looking looking at is, as they say, the food. Let's look at that, because that's often the problem. It's not always what we're eating either. It's the amount we're eating and the healthier parts of the food. I mean, there's so many sugar, sugar substitutes. There's so much out there in the food aspect right now. But food is a very, very important part of this aspect. The other, of course, is activity, is getting people moving. It's so important to get them moving. We also have medications that will actually help the disease process at the very beginning. For instance, the most common drug that we even, in prediabetes, we use is metformin. Why? Because it fights insulin resistance, and that is a primary feature in type 2 diabetes. Okay, we have to explain those things. So diabetes is a disease uh, where you have too much the, insulin. There's three aspects in type okay. 2 diabetes. Is, is The first thing, you'll see the high blood sugars. So why are the sugars so high? Because often what has started out as insulin resistance. And a famous doctor one time was asked, what causes diabetes? And this is Dr. Jocelyn from the States. And he says, genetics loads the gun and the environment pulls the trigger. So there is a genetic component to diabetes, we're absolutely sure, but we've encouraged it with some of the things that are happening in the environment, like our lack of walking and our lack of our, our high-calorie foods. So we have to look at those things to start with, and I think so the food and the activity, 
medications are helpful very at the very beginning to fight that resistance. Now, eventually, if your body has to keep fighting resistance, it's not going to make enough insulin. So eventually, you don't have enough insulin in the system. And also, we have a problem in type 2 diabetes with the liver overproducing sugar. If you don't eat for four or five hours, you'll find that the liver starts to put some sugar into the system. So these are all the medical aspects of diabetes is Two is insulin resistance, then not enough insulin, and the liver problems are three primary factors in type 2. There's a lot more involved, as we've learned over the last years, but that's that's a start. Okay. Now, uh, Charlene, how many times a day do you have to eat? It- um, I look, I test. My thing is test, 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 test. Find out what your body is. I know what my body does. I know what the nuances of. I know what I can handle. So I can tell if I'm low or I'm high. And so generally, but I try to keep to three meals a day if I can and a snack at night. And um, I test because I want to know where I'm at in my where my body is. But at the very beginning, 40 years ago, or more than 40 years, I didn't think it was important. And I was diagnosed at 18. Wow, that's very young. And in those days, there was no typing. There was no typing. There was nothing. They just said, you know, eat. So I lost 80 pounds and just melted away to nothing. So it's, it's all about... Knowing yourself, knowing what your body can do. Your body's changing, so you have to be very cognizant of what that body is doing. You gotta know and you gotta feel it. Uh, I thought that people with diabetes have to eat more smaller meals. Am I wrong? Oh, Libby, you're going to open up a whole can of worms. I'm sorry. (laughs) Because there's been so much controversy. And, of course, Canada's Food Guide just came out yesterday. (laughs) Okay. And, of course, we all know more of the grains, more of the... um, The problem with diabetes is we have people... I'll go by the Canadian Diabetes Association, okay, will say that we should be eating roughly three meals a day, snacks in between, and you should be spacing the meals because the body can only handle so much sugar at one point in time. So three balanced meals along the time. Then, though, in, in my practice, there's so many different diets out there. There's so many different anomalies that, um, as Charlene was saying, we have to work with the patient and what they're doing. So, for instance, if a patient comes in and they're having uh, three cups of milk and um, a day or something like this and looking at their calories, instead of saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, we work with the patient and say, okay, well, maybe do you think you can go from homo milk down to skim milk or can we cut the actual portion sizes? But the food aspect of things, yes, we do recommend the three meals a day spaced apart because that is our, what we've known in the past. But there's so much controversy out there that um, basically when a patient comes in, we will work with the patient. There are parameters that you want to, it's often, as I said earlier, it's not necessarily what you are eating, it's the amount you're eating, which is a problem. So Okay, let's take a call from Margaret in Kitchener. Hi, Margaret. Oh, hi. Um, okay, I've um, when I grew up, we had three meals a day. Breakfast around 8.30, lunch, 12 o'clock, coming home from school, and supper, and nothing in between. On a hot, cold day, my mother would make us hot chocolate before bed, but that was the extent of our food intake. And I truly believe that what you eat as a child is going to affect you later on in life. 
So I think, I truly believe people eat too much. They eat the wrong stuff. They're always eating. The, the body has to have a chance to digest what's in it before you put something else in it. Okay, Margaret, thanks for that. Uh, so, again, you've just been diagnosed with diabetes. You mm-hmm. have to kind of calibrate. Mm-hmm. You have to balance. You have to balance. Yes. You mm-hmm. Calibrate yes. your blood sugar level with the food you eat. So Yes. Mm-hmm. But you need to know what your blood sugar levels are. And if you don't test and you don't know what your body's doing, then you can't judge. For instance, this morning I woke up, I was high, so I knew I had to have cereal, not bread. So it's all in what you eat, when you eat it. Mm-hmm. So, And it's not just that. I swim four to seven times a week for an hour every night. Fantastic. you got to keep That's moving. That's great. Mm-hmm. you got to keep moving. What is it? What do they say? Motion is lotion. You gotta just keep doing it, and you have to combine all of these things together. It's um, it's not just one thing. It's not just food that's gonna help. It's not just you've got to put it all together. It's a package. Yeah. So you have to know where your body's at, mm-hmm. and eat according to that. Now, I, I maybe I'm you know, have myths mm-hmm. about diabetes from way back. Like, Do you have to cut out all food with sugar? Absolutely not. I, uh, I used to um, have a physician I worked with, and he said, uh, you know, if it tastes good, then you can't have it. Okay, that's absolutely wrong. Please, okay, yeah. please. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. It's God, not sure. right. Uh, again, it's the value of seeing a dietitian in the early part of your diagnosis. I can't stress that more because they will give you some reality and some actual compromise. As I say, we're not trying to restrict everything in the world. We're not doing that. It's a balanced, as Arlene was saying, it's a balanced diet. And as our our caller said, three meals a day is what we have said in the past. And if that's what's going to work, then we'll do it that way. However, some of the latest patients are looking at intermittent fasting, etc. There's so many different ways of looking at it. Can you do that? Oh, I tell you, we had a controversy at at the national conference this year. Not controversy. We had our debate on intermittent fasting, yes and no. And guess who won the debate? <laughs> now, I guess maybe people wanted to go that way. <laughs> but uh, Intermittent really, fasting? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Libby. We didn't mean it that way because we are still advocating. And if I speak out of a turn, diaries can't kill me. But we are, we are still advocating, again, healthy eating, which is the three meals a day. But we will work with the person when they come in. Yes, there's a couple things that we would sort of state from day one is, yes, think of the sweets, what you're looking at and those kinds of things. And if you can, avoid the fruit juices. Um, because they're so high in sugar. Everybody should avoid those. Uh, We have to take a break. I see the phone lines are are filling up. So uh, callers, go to the Fight Back page on the Zoomer Radio website and then go to carp.ca slash diabetes. Before we take the break, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We'll get to you after the break, and we'll be back with more on diabetes and how to manage it after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributors. We're talking about diabetes, which has reached epidemic proportions, and how to manage it. 
because at the end of the day, if you're the patient, you are going to have to manage it or bad things will happen because there can be a lot of bad side effects. We're going to go right to the phones. We've got Tim in Brampton. Hi, Tim. Hello. Go ahead. You're on the air. Okay. I've got about four things I think I'd like people to know because I'm 40-year diabetic too. One is everything you eat, as I understand it, turns to sugar for conversion by your body and its use of insulin. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, the ladies here are shaking their heads. <laughs> oh, saying, well, then no, let no, me finish no, with so... my other two and they can complain. Okay. So... The second one is I understand your body, your brain cannot live without sugar. Yes. Yes, they're shaking their heads mm-hmm. yes this time. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Now, the next one is that milk delays digestion in your body, so you can't drink a great deal. Uh, this looks like a maybe. <laughs> People, yeah, you should, and I know, you and everybody goes by their own body, videos, and I go so. by mine. Uh, okay. I'm only taking 42 units of, of uh, Lantus insulin and 10 units of uh, Humalog. Okay. And I, that's I, 40 years. Okay. Now, yes. that bit about... You know, everybody goes on about sugar. When I first started diabetes, as I'm sure the other ladies did, sugar was taboo, desserts were taboo, whatever the hell else. Well, read your diabetic magazine now, and they give you different, kind of different things. Shaking your head, yes. You have to determine one other thing that really puts your sugar up is bread. Uh, this is like a come see, come saw. Tim, is it okay if I allow Gail, Gail to, <laughs> yeah, to respond? Sure you can. Okay. Okay. Hi. Uh, hi. Tim, I just wanted to start. The first part is actually, you're right to a certain extent, but for instance, um, what about uh, most of the carbohydrates you eat do turn into sugar in the body, and that's why we have people carb counting and looking at those particularly in a diet. They are the most effective uh, foods to work with in order to work with the sugars. In the protein, about 56% of the protein eventually does turn into sugar, um, but it doesn't affect it the same way as your carbohydrates. So I'm going to suggest that no, all the food does not turn into sugar, and the most important one to work with is the carbohydrates because the highest percentage of the carbohydrates turn into sugar in the body. Um, the second thing you're saying about the milk, I think that has come from, sometimes we talk about treating low blood sugars and they're saying milk is a slower way to treat it. Um, but milk, again, is the quantity you're eating and how does that fit in to your entire plan? Remember, this is all individualized now. So we need to look at that and take a peek. Now, there was a question there about the, does the 3% milk have the same amount of sugar in it as 1% milk? And the answer is yes, because those percentages you're talking about are fat, not sugar. Okay? So that's if you're trying to lose weight, which is often an issue in our type, with type 2 diabetes, you'll have people saying, I'm going to the 1% milk. But it's not the sugar we're talking about in that regard. It's the other aspects. Because remember, what is our largest problem or most... Uh, um, side effect or comorbidity in type 2 diabetes is the cardiovascular system. So we're always working. We have our ABCs and Ds, the A1C, the blood pressure and cholesterol, though those are always factors we're working with. So when we're looking at the diet, you're right, Tim, to a certain extent, we're looking at the sugar, but we're also looking at the fats because of the other comorbidities in diabetes. 
Okay, Tim, are we square? <laughs> no, I'd like to ask a question. Okay, one <laughs> more because we have someone else waiting. Go ahead. Everybody mentions that you can get diabetes from fat. Can you all get, so get diabetes from a viral infection, severe sickness, and uh, stress? So, Tim, you're talking about type 1. Primarily type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune, is a large factor of it is an autoimmune condition. Yep. That's exactly what happens. Is someone will get the flu, and then several days later, it looks like the flu has gone away, but they look like they still have it. That's how I got and right. those are the symptoms. And unfortunately, it's the, it's the immune response. And this is where genetics comes in, because in a family of 10 children, you can have nine with diabetes and one without. Um, and, uh, you, can have fam- you know, so why is this happening? So this is where I said, Genetics is there to play, but the environment. Some people have been exposed; they have a genetic predisposition to development. That's the autoimmune, autoimmune and type one. Yeah, we one don't diabetes. know anybody in my family that had diabetes for me. Mm-hmm. That we don't know. Again, the way we diagnose diabetes now, we didn't even do. You know, even twenty years ago, it's so totally, totally different uh, than okay, what we're looking you. at. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Larry in Toronto, I, I think um, we have answered part of your question. You have a question again about fat and sugar in milk? Yes, I've heard that uh, the higher the fat content in the milk or, or in a cream, it has less sugar than a skim milk would. Again, in our, I'm not the dietitian, I'm a, a nurse, but the 3% milk, for instance, has the same amount of sugar in it as the 1%. It's the fat. Those percentages they're talking about are fat, not yes. sugar. Okay? So you're always better off. We're going to recommend the 1%, or if you're drinking 3% milk, we go to 2%, you know, because some people can't go to the 1%. But it's the fat content, the weight factors that we're always worried about. Um, but the sugar content is the same. So it's the amount of milk, too, that you would have to be looking at. If fat isn't a concern, otherwise in your diet, you just drink some milk but not a great deal, it won't affect your sugar. Charlene, you have a comment? I I just, it's all this, you know, ideas about food and milk. I take a look, I test, I come in from a swim, I test my blood sugar, and then I'll have milk if my blood sugar is at a certain point. But I always, always judge what I'm going to put in my mouth by what I can get out of my arm, which is my blood sugar levels. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm sure that even just doing that is a big adjustment. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily think twice about what... Well, just to go shopping or just to come here this morning. Yeah, I had to check twice coming in the door to make sure I was at a good level because I don't want to bottom out on you. (laughs) But these are the things you do. You test, you look and you say, okay, I'm such a level. I can't eat this, but I can eat that. So you just modify. You modify what you're doing. And... Um, Gail or Larry, maybe you can... How long does it take people to wrap their heads around that? It takes quite a while. <laughs> I think for people to, to do the, the finger pricking that we were doing, now with the new technology, of course, it's a lot... Uh, I'm not going to say easier. That's the wrong word, right, Charlene? It's not easier because you're still paying attention to it. Oh, and you yeah, just have yeah. to work with it. But the actual technique of getting the blood sugar is a little oh, bit easier, it's right? It's so much easier to just scan rather than <laughs> prick your okay, finger. I'll just stick to the heavy fruit and uh, vegetables, but not too much fruit and not too much sugar otherwise in cookies. Uh, or Larry, I'm taking it that you're diabetic? 
No, my grandfather was. Oh. Uh, my father wasn't, but my doctor has advised me because I'm a hefty guy and sometimes I'm a little too hefty. No, no, we're not hefty. We're fluffy. You, yeah, you've got to maintain either a greater muscle mass and less fat in your body if you're going to be that big or be very mindful of how much sugar you take in. And I was a milk baby, and he, mostly because of cholesterol, was wagging his finger at me. And he says, you got to trim down your milk intake. So I've dropped milk, but I still have dairy products, eggs, well, or butter, I was, yogurt. I was go- I, th- thanks, Larry, for your okay. call. <laughs> I, was, I was going to say that, you know, everybody's talking about milk, so I'm wondering, do, do people bu- take yes. into account all the other stuff that has milk? I mean, I love cheese. Maybe I think it's important that yeah. we look at, we, we balance the diet. And there's a lot of, I mean, some people don't take milk at all, but it's the amount, again, and balancing the diet. And that's and just this. one part one, you're of right. this disease. I mean, you've got to look at exercise. You've got to look at genetics. You've got to look Larry at what you're doing every day. Mm-hmm. I learned in the last two years that I can only do one thing a day. Like today, I'm going home to nap. Like this is it. This is the like no. But I mean, I have learned because there's a real fatigue with diabetes that a lot of people don't yes. talk about. There's all that stuff. So now I've you know, um, I I just do one thing a day, and I get up and I look at my blood sugar, and if I can't do it, I let everybody know. And is it uh, in terms of the fatigue? Is that brought on by? A high blood sugar count or a low one? I, I'm tired all the time. And basically, I think it's because my body doesn't work properly and I'm constantly fighting all kinds of things. And I think there's probably a scientific thing out there, but I just know all the diabetics that I know were tired all the time. So you just learn to live with it. You learn to work around it and you get smart. But that was my first symptom was I was exhausted and I was 18 years old. So you can explain the exhaustion. The, the issue is, is the sugar is high in the blood, but there's not enough insulin to take the sugar from the blood and put it into the cells. So it's the cells, of course, that are talking to us. And if they are, don't have any energy, because our initial source of energy is the sugar, as one of the gentlemen was saying, um, then you are tired. The cells are tired. Now, it's interesting, and though that's a hyperglycemia, the high blood sugars. However, think of what low blood sugar means. It means there's not enough sugar in the bloodstream to get get into the cell. So in low blood sugars, you can also feel fatigued. So, but a t- classic sign of high blood sugar is running to the bathroom, being tired. That's, sorry, that's high or low? High, high. blood sugar. Sugar is yes. running lots. Yes. Fr- yeah, frequent. Yes. Okay. So you're running to the bathroom. You're very thirsty. And often you're very hungry because oh. your cells basically are starving because the sugar is not getting from the bloodstream into the cells. So, and it's not but, a normal hunger and it's not a normal thirst. You could drink like Ontario. Yes. And, but, and but you get a sore stomach. Can't uh, uh, extreme hunger also be low blood sugar? Yes, it can because of the same reason that the actual sugar is not in the cells. Okay. There's no sugar there. The cells are starving both in high blood sugars and low blood sugars. But in the low blood sugars, you get different symptoms. You get the shaking and sweating because the... I'm never hungry when I'm low. I'm never hungry. At two in the morning, I'm just... It's like... It's like a different world. You're in a different world, and mm-hmm. you lurch looking for something. What you want is, I think, more thirsty than anything. I use, I treat my low blood sugars with orange juice. 
Okay, but I, I think it's probably a little different for everybody's different got a different, different way of expressing yes. it. And at the beginning of your disease, you express it one way, and at the end of the disease, you express it very much. So people were, and people respond differently, right, Charlene? Yeah. They, yeah. They, oh, yeah. As you were saying, they get to know themselves a little oh, yeah. bit differently right. too. So okay, now. There's a question from a caller that I'm going to have to leave because we're out of time. I'll just uh, introduce what the question is. Uh, We are going to have three more segments on this very important issue where we'll be able to clarify a lot more. So Margaret in Niagara, call back the next time we do this. She wants to know the difference between type 1 and type 2, oh, which is yeah. kind of diabetes right. 101. And we'll then there's me to. that's type 1 and yes. a half. Type yeah. 1 and a half. I don't even fit in any category. Oh, well, you're special then. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much. Thank and you. as I said, we will be revisiting this topic and try to get a better handle on it over the next month or so. So thank you so much to Charlene Lavergne and Gail McNeil. Appreciate your being here. Thank you, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.